Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go. OutKick 360 underway. Nashville, our location, 6th and Peabody's, where you can find us in studio with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Friday is here. The energy is cranked up. Oh, yes. Just off of Broadway. You can feel it. Football season's almost here as well. Two weeks away from the majority of the SEC playing and, what, a week away from Vanderbilt kicking things off against Hawaii. Hawaii's already talking trash. That's a bad sign. <laughs> a bad sign for whom exactly is the real question. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the fans who have to watch. Is Hawaii director of player development talking trash about Vandy both a good thing for Vandy and a bad thing for Vandy, <laughs> much like if James Franklin left. This is the new social experiment. I Guys, it's a good one. What's up? How we doing? I am ready for a big show. We're gonna. We're not limping into the week. No. This nope. is sort of my rallying cry for every Friday show. We don't want to limp into the weekend. We want to sprint through. We want to sprint into the weekend. We have Bobby Carpenter who will join us. We're talking college football headlines with him. Uh, that will be in about twenty minutes. But we kick off today's show with a friend of the show, a man who helped us get our second contract, I believe, helped us get a raise when we were broadcasting only in Nashville. Uh, we would like to think we helped him um, get some sort of benefit out of doing a weekly radio show with us. Get some dogs there adopted. Was, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Let's face and it, there, the, was, the there was no benefit for him. It was only uh, benefit yeah, for us. Yeah, we, we were the tag-alongs there. Buccaneers cornerback Logan Ryan joins us on OutKick 360. Of course, the Bucks take on the Titans tomorrow in preseason action, but Logan's really in town for this show. Logan, what's up, man? Good to see you. What's going on, man? Definitely in town for this show and the show <laughs> only. So this is another take of the Logan Ryan show. Yeah. Second season. So I'm excited for it. You're making even less than you did before. <laughs> Hard to believe, but true. How, how are Not things? possible, but yeah. How are things in Tampa and, um, and getting ready for the season? Um, you know, things are great. Tampa's where I had a house. Uh, so I get to be in my family, uh, full time. Don't have to split time. And I think, you know, for me, that's, uh, always been big, a big family, man. So the weather's good. The taxes are good. The team's pretty good. And I'm with my family, so I can't complain. So you, uh, during practice yesterday came from the middle of the field and hit Titans rookie running back Hassan Haskins near the goal line. And he did not score, which was your job at the moment. And I wrote that you hit him, and it sounded like a car crash. I, I thought you doing your job was the story of that hit. I'm getting destroyed <laughs> because the Titans put out a picture that has you on the ground looking like you took the worst of it, and Haskins still on his feet, though he ended up going out of bounds or to the ground. Can you give us your view of this play which hopefully lets me off the hook a little was bit. Was Paul wrong or is he dead on with this Logan? You know, it's a it, it's 
I guess Paul's defending me. You know, it's a good, it's a good side. Um, it's football, man. It's contact. And I think, you know, I'm a football player. I love contact. Look, this is a, it's a practice. It's not a game. It's not live tackling. I'm, I'm running over there to, you know, to thud up, I guess, which is tough for DBs in those situations. Cause normally you will tackle running backs a little bit lower. Right. So I'm going over there to thud up and I'm not going to lie. He lowered his shoulder and got underneath me. And uh, he definitely got his, he definitely got his side. So I'll give him that. But I mean, we both went down. I went to the ground. He ended up going to the ground. I wasn't trying to prevent him from scoring or anything like that. I went over there to kind of thud up because that's just the nature of practice. And he definitely got underneath me on that. And that's just football. But, you know, the game is it's live tackling. So it's a tackle in the game. I'll go a little lower in the game, obviously. But it's, it's practice. There was no ill will. No, nothing illegal went on. He just uh, lowered his pads and, and I lowered mine. Paul, let me translate for you. You're dead wrong on your description. Well, he said he wound up <laughs> going saying, to the ground. Yeah, uh, yeah so, so he's saying I'm, you're I'm right on that. But yeah, I, I, I realize you're not technically preventing him from scoring. You're, you're, but by getting there and hitting him, the result would have been preventing him from scoring if it was real football. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he wouldn't have scored. No way he's, not, no way he's scoring on that. Um, if it's real football, I would have tackled him much easier than that. But you know, that's 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 why these joint practices lead to a lot of fights, because the tempo it's hard to manage. You know, when I'm going over there to thud you up, but not try to tackle you and you try to lower your shoulder and try to run me over. There's two different types of takes on that. In a game, I obviously would intend to tackle you in a game. You would intend to run me over. But in practice, you can't tackle. We didn't have pants on. We didn't have thigh pads on. So I think that's why you see a lot of these joint practices lead to some fights and some scuffles, because some people take the tempos different ways. But for me, it, it's football. It's all fair in the game. I, you know, I take some wins and losses. That comes with the sport. But that's why it's hard to kind of dictate those, those tempos in, in practice. This skirmish at the end of, uh, end of practice, I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was much. Some people are casting it as a brawl. In the, in the span of training camp fights that you've seen, where would you rank it? Yeah, it was nothing. Um, a couple of the big guys, I don't know, exchanging blows, but, you know, guys are punching helmets or slapping helmets, you know, there's nothing there. Um, in my training camp, fights over 10 years, that's that doesn't rank up there. Logan Ryan, our guest, are you officially a safety now? Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe I'm listed that for, you know, Pro Bowl uh, voting. Okay. But I, I play all over. I think I'll play a lot of the positions you see me play in Tennessee. And I think the beauty of, of Todd Bowles and kind of defensive-minded coaches or defensive coordinators like that is, you know, they get to move me around. I think uh, me playing multiple positions is honestly uh, my skill set, and I have a lot of fun doing that. So Buccaneers defensive back, Logan Ryan, with us. So yeah. you, you mentioned, okay. Logan, Todd Bowles taking over now as head coach. I know you weren't there a year ago, but I'm curious if your take just talking to your teammates – is there a change of vibe around the team, or is it more just business as usual going from Bruce Arians to Todd Bowles because Bowles was on the staff a year ago? I, I think I think a lot is the same um, in terms of scheduling and day-to-day. For those guys, like I said, I wasn't there to say. I know defensively he's, he's tough on us, on us defensive players. He's tough on his safeties, on his defensive back because he played it in the NFL, and he's, and he's played it his whole life and coached it, so – I think that's pretty much the same, um, but he's definitely no nonsense, and he's he's definitely not happy with how last year ended for the for the Bucks and have higher aspirations than a playoff loss. So um, 
he's definitely been honest about the details and the expectations are through the roof with this team because that's the standards he set and that's what he demands us every day. Just the four of us talking here, Logan. We know that you are tied in. Where's Where's Tom? I have no, I have no idea. I'm not tied in on that one. So that one's above my my pay grade. But uh, I know, you know, that his you know his family's okay and and, and all that. But honestly. I don't know. And and the crazy thing is to us, the players, it's really, you know, not a big deal. I think a lot of this stuff makes a bigger deal outside the building because, you know, he's played 20 plus years and never really missed a day. So if he's missing some days, I think, you know, he'll be prepared um, and, and he'll do, he's going to do a good job at quarterback. Did Todd Bowles talk to you guys about this or is it just something that's really not spoken about when, when he left the team for a, an undecided amount of time? I mean, he addressed us, you know, before it came out to the media, I guess. He he told us that Tom is going to be away for the team for some time and he's handling some personal issues and it was discussed and it's not a surprise and um, to continue business as usual and, you know, continue doing our thing. So, you know, that's how we took it and that's that seems to be the truth and that's what's playing out and Tom's going to return at some point and then when he does – it's continued business as usual. It doesn't affect what I do day to day. Does the competitor in you get a little bit bummed that you don't get those reps going against the greatest of all time in practice, even if it's for just 10 to 14 days, you wanting to sharpen your skills going into the season? Or is that not something you really think about? Uh, you know, I got to play whoever's out, whoever's out there. So, yeah, I, lo- I love, you know, I got to play against Tom for a couple of weeks, and that's more than I got to play in the last couple of years. So I did miss that, and that's great. But, you know, Blaine, uh, Blaine's a gunslinger. I've been teammates with Blaine on multiple teams on the Titans, as you know. And I get to talk a lot of trash to Blaine, too. So it's still fun for me. You know, I got a great rapport with Blaine, and I try to intercept him every day and let him know about it. So um, I still have fun at practice. Logan Ryan with us on OutKick 360. Uh, Just to to make sure that you're on the same page that we are, there's no, no chance that Brady's not there for the Dallas game in week one, right? Yeah, I can't put out no official statements. Come on, fellas. This oh, is supposed okay. to be a Logan Ryan show. Well, I'm just uh, – we, 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 we yeah, were saying we didn't want to speculate that far yesterday, but maybe uh, – should we follow along with what everyone else is talking about? Yeah, I just say stay tuned, and then that's when we'll know. But I don't know. If, I have no insider information for you guys. And honestly, I have no insider information on anything different. So I was told everything you guys were told, I believe, and um, that seems to hold true so far. Year 10 for you. This is like a, a marquee, you know, a milestone moment for anyone. Um, I remember whenever you were discussing the contract in Tennessee, would I, I believe would end and put you in year seven or going into year eight. And that was going to be awesome for you because you had the chance for the third contract. But now year 10, um, as you look back on what you've been able to accomplish, uh, you, you do have to take some, you know, th- there's a notch there. Uh, you're checking off a box of a career that most people don't have. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I take a lot of pride in in my career um, just because I felt like I went about it the best way I could. I, You know, no shortcuts, um, no handouts. I was drafted in this league, not from the most notarized school of Rutgers, but I was drafted. I had to work for every every rep I had got in New England. I was part of Super Bowl teams. I, you know, took a chance of agency and signed with a team like Tennessee who believed in me and helped um, that franchise 
obviously take great steps into prominence um, and be a great franchise. And like we're, we're practicing against the Titans and just the way that we're preparing for the Titans or what the Titans has talked about around the league has changed so much in the last five years from what it was when you played the Titans before. And I feel like I've helped be a part of that. And guys like Kevin Byard and Derek have took it to the next level. Um, and there was great competition of back and forth with them. And then, you know, just, you know, stuff off the field and everything like that. But yeah, it's been, it's been a great ride so far. I'm not done um, yet, but I've had a lot of fun with it and I'm proud of what I've done, the good, the bad, um, the wins and the losses, but there's been more wins and losses. So that's always good. You've been uh, a great media guy, particularly without the, the uh, confines of, of the Patriots. Um, you're coming off two years in New York where things weren't great for the Giants and it's the biggest press corps in the country. H- how did that go? You know, I, I think it went, I mean, it went great. I won the award for whatever. The, a good guy the award. good guy award, you know. So so that was that was cool. Um, I opened up a lot personally. I think starting doing the show with you guys, I opened up about, shoot, my wife almost dying. I opened about losing a child. Um, I opened up a lot just to relate to people that people got to understand that I'm athletes, but myself included, I'm just a regular person out here who has a skill set but I'm a father a husband first um so I opened up a lot about that um I said a lot of great things I said some bad things some things I regret obviously but I learned I mean I was it was in front of the spotlight and I try to use the spotlight to do good things um to talk about my charity RARF which we know about the Animal Rescue Foundation to talk about the company I started with my father with police reform and and training our police officers and trying to be a middle ground of that whole whole thing we have going on in our country. So I try to use it for good. And I try to be a good role model in the locker room. So it was all good. I mean, that's where I'm from, born and raised in New Jersey. So it was good to be there. And I try to shine light on those people in that area. Logan, one of the things I'm sure you regret to some degree is the comments about the Tennessee fan base, which I know you were discussing the Giants fan base in that. Um, but I, you called me and we, we discussed it. Um, have you heard from any of the fans here? so far just around town or at the Titans practice facility? Um, I, you know, I, I've, from those that, yeah, that I've have seen or the Titans, it's been great, man. It's been a great, it, it's been great to be back there. The changes, they got a parking deck. Now <laughs> the stuff that the stuff that's there is just awesome to see. I'm like, wow, where is this all at? But um, no, man, to speak about that, you know, it was, it was something that was taken out of context and I didn't really, uh, clarify myself. I obviously apologize numerous times because I did not mean that. What you know, what I was trying to portray at the time was the New York, New York Giants were struggling, and they asked me, um, "Do these young players, you know, do they feel the need to put on a good performance for the pan, the fans who pay their hard-paying money?" And I say, absolutely. You know, they absolutely should. These fans do pay their hard-earned money, and they deserve to see a good performance. And they need to understand. Um, a team like New York's historic and it's been around since the beginning and the fan base is whatever, uh, is, is great. And I said, my early days in Tennessee, it was not like that. And I said the word, it was damn near non-existent. And we were trying to get fans in the stands. Now, obviously they took the quote, um, you know, Tennessee's fan base is non-existent. And that, and that's the wrong word to say. All I was trying to say is the early stages of me getting there in 2016, 2017, the fan, the stands were not packed. But there was always a loyal fan base, and that fan base grew tremendously to now that they're the number one seed in the AFC. 
And now you see uh, those fans, those, those, those stands are packed. So I was not trying to say that I don't have love for the fan base. The fans never did anything for me. I don't love the fans. I was just trying to make the point that there was times where that stadium was half full. And that was an issue. I know among the organization, how do we get the fan engagement up? Well, the fan engagement's up. Tennessee is a hot place to be. Nashville's great. The team is good. And I, I, you know, I think I was a part of that. Um, but I never meant to offend the fans. I never meant to say they didn't support me because they did. And I love my chapter in Tennessee. I have no regrets about it. So I could have easily clarified that um, and made that. But to not, you know, belabor the point too much, I just wanted to apologize and move on and let them know it was all love, which it is. But I, I was just trying to express um, there were days where that, that stadium wasn't full as it is today. And I think winning changed that. And winning needs to change that, and that's what happened. Yeah, and you also entered right after Amy Adams Trump took over, uh, the new uh, owner of, of the Titans, the uh, majority owner of the Titans now, coming out of Tommy Smith running the team, which, which was, was a, disaster. A, yeah. a, a, a huge disaster. So the, there's some background there for the audience that doesn't know the backstory of whenever you signed as a free agent on that three-year contract. Um, how much longer do you want to play? You know, I, I, um, it's year to year. It's honestly year to year. I want to see what, you know, I'm all in this year and then I, and then I'll take it from there. Um, I don't have a, a set, you know, 10 was always just a goal in mind just cause it's just that number double digits, but I don't say it's 12, it's 13. I, I just think, you know, COVID changed that for a lot of people's perspective on work and life. But, um, I want to play. I want to play year to year, and and this year I'm definitely all in, and then we'll see. But I, I love life off the field as well, and like I said, I, I keep expressing how much I love being a, a husband and a father. But I really enjoy that time with my kids, and um, but I'm still having a lot of fun playing football, man. I'm having tons of fun. Well, I, I know you had the house in Tampa. Was was that the draw, or was the Super Bowl aspirations and playing with Brady again the draw? I mean, I, I mean, everything. I mean, both. I mean, I think you guys know I'm very um, – I did a lot of thinking before coming to Tennessee. You know, I did a lot of research and talk with Jason McCourty about the Tennessee Titans before I signed there. Um, there was other teams interested. I did uh, a lot of thinking about New York. That was a family move to go back to be close to family with COVID and be able to play an uh, organization where I kind of grew up nearby and Rutgers and everything. There was a lot there. And, you know, Tampa at this point in my career, having a house there, that was a huge plus. Having Brady was a huge plus. Having a, a championship winning roster is a huge plus. But Todd Bowles is a Jersey guy. Um, coach Rock, our corner coach, he, he is from Camden, New Jersey, where I was born. He actually knew my dad growing up. So there's a lot of um, similarities on his staff um, that is really close to me and my family that I've known since I was in high school. Is Rutgers about to take off now that your guy Greg Schiano is back? Yeah, man. I don't. I don't. You know, Todd Bowles' son just signed to Georgia. Uh, one of them's at Rutgers. His other one's a five star. Just went to Georgia. Rutgers must not have been offering enough. <laughs> I mean, I, I said, Todd, what's going on here? I thought we had a little, you know, Bowles to Rutgers pipeline going on. I don't want to see your all American going to Georgia. So I got to talk about the NIL budget, but um, yeah, you know, <laughs> you it's, it's tough. Yes, in, you could. Uh, yeah, it's, it's tough in college football, man. It's it's. I don't know what it is. I can't blame a kid, you know, because this is life changing money. This is money that you know fa uh, family needs. And if you're a 14 year old tennis player or 18 year old tennis player is getting offered 
six figures to go somewhere, you probably would go take that deal. So I don't know. Recruiting changed. So I know Shiano's a great coach, but how, how to recruit, he's a great recruiter, but recruiting is now money. So that's tough. How many dogs you think you've helped get uh, adopted in your, your time pushing the cause? Oh man, I can't put a number on it. I know, um, Amy, you know, Miss, Miss, uh, Adam Strunk, Amy and, and myself helped hundreds of dogs in, in our time, just with little events we've done. I, I would, you know, I don't know, maybe in the thousands, but it's just, it's something that's grew and grew. And I met a lot of great people. And I always said, animal people are my people. Dog people are my people. So I'll be shouting out NHA a lot this week. So be on a lookout for that, but I definitely want to shine lights. It's a great animal shelter in the city and, um, they make it really easy to adopt an animal. Give it a shout out now. Yeah, man. Shout out to NHA. Um, Laura, who's the head of that, has done a great job. I know Miss Amy, the owner of the Titans, does a great job there. And, you know, I keep telling people, you know, just, just rescue animals are the best animals. Second chance in life. We rescue all types of pets and animals and stuff like that. And we love it. And um, anyone who's looking for a type of dog or a certain breed, try to check and rescue first and foremost, because you'll be surprised what you can find. And, and those have been the best animals I've ever had. So it just, it's a cause that's obviously my cause, but it's a cause that is just close to my heart. I know a lot of people out there busting their butt in that industry who make very little money. And I always try to shout them out and give them their, their due because uh, there's a lot of great people who make this world go around and don't get paid what I get paid. Ryan animal rescue foundation.org. It's actually Ralph uh, Rarf.org. Excuse me. R A R F. Dot org for more information on uh, Logan's foundation with he and his wife, Ashley, do a great job. Uh, you're not playing tomorrow, right? I am playing. You will see me out there. I'm making my, uh, wow. my preseason debut, my Bucks debut back in Nashville. So it's going to be a did, lot of fun. Did you play last year in the preseason? In New York? Yeah. Did I play last year? You don't seem like a guy. I think I played. I think I might have played. You don't need these reps. Yeah, we played the Patriots. I I think I might have played a quarter or something. I'll be out there. You don't need those reps, man. You're in year 10. Hey, man, if I can get a ball, if I can pick a ball off, it's a great (laughs) way to start. It's a great way to start the year. If uh, number 25 comes to run me over, it's a great way to get them back. So I'm a. I'll be all right with it. I like I like playing football. So if I got to go out there and sit on the sideline for four quarter, if I could play a little bit, I never mind. Hey, uh, on the way out, I want to ask you briefly about the receivers. Julio barely practiced here last year, and he yeah. and hamstring injuries here and there, and he was out more than he was in. All accounts, and we saw a brief glimpse of it, but talking with the, those who cover the Bucks, they say he's been incredible. He's exceeded expectations since he joined your team. Uh, your thoughts on him, and if you don't mind, your thoughts on the Titans wide receiving core that you faced this week. Yeah. Um Shoot, man, I don't know what, um, you know, I didn't play Julio last year or study him. You know, we didn't come across him. But, man, he looks like Julio Jones to me. I played against Julio Jones for years in this league, and he's he's Julio Jones. So his body's good. He's running fast. He's strong. He's tough to cover. And, um, you know, we have some guys that are banged up, our, our receivers. But we have a good receiving core. And I'm, I'm excited to see when you put Mike Evans and Julio out there and Godwin and Russell Gage. Um, you can't double them all. So I think it should be, a, um, if, if he's healthy, I think it should be a great year for Julio because Julio is a, uh, he's getting open and Tom throws to whoever's open. Kyle Phillips, catch your eye among the Titans guy, the new slot. 
18. Yeah, you know what? I was really, I was really um, impressed. Like, I don't know their names and stuff like that, but I was really impressed with with the slot receivers, you know, because they remind me of um, the New England guys, you know, that I played against so much back in my day. And, um, not to say that they're at that level yet, but they're very shifty. They know how to create space and get open. And, um, you know, the Titans aren't a, aren't a typical, like, drop-back passing offense. You know, a lot of it's play action. A lot of it's based on the run game. In practice, without Derek practice, it's hard to really get that look. Um, a lot of it's pick and rubs, but yeah, they have some shifty guys in there that are that'll do a good job for them. I was very um, surprised and and pleased with with those with those slot receivers. I think they're good young receivers. At real Logan Ryan on Twitter is where you can find him. Uh, it has been a great edition of the Logan Ryan Show on Outkick Three Hundred and Sixty. Uh, from the hotel is where I'm guessing you are right now. And uh, I'm surprised to know that you're playing tomorrow. And I appreciate you saying that Tom Brady would be throwing to the receivers in the regular season. Uh, at, at, during I didn't, your, uh, didn't say that. Uh, I did not say that. Uh, you mentioned so, Brady. You mentioned yeah. Brady. Brady throws a good ball. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he did. yeah, he does throw a good ball. So I say he throws to who's open. Whenever he's back, he's going to throw to who's open. Hey. I'm not at the hotel. I'm okay. actually getting getting treatment getting body work with Kaylee Calhoun at Smartcore Method the best body work person in the NFL works with Kevin Byard I'm waiting for Kevin to finish so me and Kevin go out to lunch nice so me and Kevin are it. getting stuff done we're going to go out to lunch and and catch up so that's awesome um all the success that I have as a Titan or in general or Kevin's had or Derrick Henry's had or Brett Kern it's because Okay, we all use the same person pretty much three or four times a week. Well, so Kay- Kaylee's office looks like a hotel room, so you can let her know that the, yeah, from the nice. backdrop that you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very nice backdrop. And I Kevin's in the other room, so I didn't want to interrupt him, so I had to come in here. Yeah, it's all good. And uh, Logan was worried. He only had the phone. I said, no worries. We had Ike Taylor on from his Dooley truck yesterday, and this, this, the, the clarity on your phone has been amazing. Yeah, so Ike barely had his phone on yesterday. Well, yeah. she's got, she's got yeah, great, way more attentive. She's got great Wi-Fi there too. Absolutely, uh, great Logan, top, top of the line. Logan. She gets paid well. We pay her well. <laughs> Thank you for the time, man, and uh, great to see you. Uh, well, hopefully, we'll catch up after the game tomorrow. Good luck. Uh, all yeah, season. man, appreciate it. Why is, why is Titan Twitter taking so many shots at me, man? So many pictures and what's going on? Well, they're they're get- trolling. They're, they're, apparently, there's a troll behind. I don't know who's behind Titan's uh, social media, but it's probably well, a troll. I, I know who's behind Titan's social media. <laughs> and, and I'm willing to bet it's a troll. <laughs> I, I, it's all love, real, guys. The real storyline. The real storyline is Paul is taking uh, taking up for you. Well, now. We're, yeah. We're, we're, hey, Paul, I appreciate that. I took up that. for you plenty. We're going to get into Paul's description of the play after we hang up with you too. We'll we'll let the public decide uh, who's right based on your description of the play and Paul's description. But he was definitely very nice to you in the uh, in the tweet. So he's he's defending you. He's all in on Logan Ryan now. Yeah, I, I appreciate. It. Look, Paul is right. I said the kid lowered his pads on me. Um, it's not a full tackle, right? So I'm not trying to tackle him. He lowered his pads on me, which sometimes is a violation in these practices, but I let it go. And he and he fell down and, and didn't score. So Paul's right. He didn't score. I did my job. But at the end of the day, we're not supposed to tackle anyway. So we, we can let it go, and it can look good for Twitter, and it can look good for practice. But at the end of the day, you got you know, you to play the game. So I, I take myself 10 out of 10 in the game. And that's what I've been doing for 10 years. So we get to see you on, uh, on Saturday night. Hey, uh, stay, stay healthy this season. Good luck as you go into the regular season against Dallas. And uh, congrats on year 10, man. I yeah, appreciate you guys. Thanks right. for everything. Thanks, Logan. There's Logan Ryan, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive back.
was moving around a lot in the secondary um, this preseason. And even on, I think on the depth chart, they had listed him as a safety. Uh, no safety is um, Bobby Carpenter, former linebacker, about to join us. College football discussion when we return with Bobby Carpenter on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up. Scott Frost is talking about his offensive lineman in Nebraska throwing up 10 to 20 times per practice. We'll detail that. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network. Our thanks to Logan Ryan for joining us and Bobby Carpenter for his patience during the break there. He is sporting the Ohio State Buckeye gear today and always. Bobby, how are you, man? Oh, gentlemen, I'm good. Just uh, trying to survive and this uh, rough night from the Kenny Chesney concert last oh, night. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a long one. Probably should have taken off my morning show this morning, but I didn't. I persevered off about three and a half, four hours of sleep, which is uh, absolutely remarkable. I still can't believe I, I was able to get it. Did you get a box like the last concert you went to? I don't think anyone's ever watched a Kenny Chesney show sober. So that, that would track. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, no, I got a chance to meet uh, Kenny about 15 years ago now. And uh, through one of your guys, Jason Witten. And uh, it's ironic, Kenny's head of security, runs all of his stuff, is actually uh, uh, from Dayton, Ohio. So he's a big Buckeyes fan. So whenever Kenny comes in town, they take care of us, give us the royal treatment. Um, so usually up on the side stage or right down in the pit, right there, hanging out in the vibe room before and after. So we got a chance to say hi to him before he went on stage last night. And it's a pretty good time, but traffic getting in and out was rough. And uh my alarm clock going off this morning at five o'clock was even rougher. Um, scale of one to ten, how bad was it the the morning after? Ooh, um, I would probably give it a seven and a half to wow. an eight. Um, yeah, knowing knowing yeah, that, I, I, well, knowing is, that, it, no, it's your loyalty to the show never ceases to impress. Yeah, me. knowing that you're a guy who's played with a lot of pain over the course of your career too, to say seven and a half or eight. That's probably a, close to a 17 and a half or 18 on a <laughs> scale of one to 10 for most humans. So it must have been really I bad. Don't, well, I don't normally drink coffee in the morning, and I like to work out. So I didn't work out today. I did drink a coffee this morning. That kind of helped me get through it. I was, I'm not sure exactly where I was on the scale from like be drinking to hungover. Like I think that there was, it was sliding to hungover, but I, I feel like where I was sitting there, <laughs> I had a hard time reading some things this morning, but like I always say, he goes, hey, the show is great. Everybody loves it. They had a good time. No one, he goes, if I wouldn't have known you went to the concert you were talking about it, he goes, you wouldn't have known. So I'm like, all right, then yeah. I guess it was good. All is well that ends well. So the AP preseason top 25 comes out. Alabama's number one. Ohio State is number two. And then for me, there's a, a drop-off because I don't know. Uh, Georgia's going to be very good. I don't know where they are on the – in, in the order of how close they are to Ohio State to how close they are to four, five, and six in the poll based on what they lost to the NFL. Do you feel the same way, or do you think it's a three-team 
a race for the championship right now because Ohio State and Alabama seem to be head and shoulders above the pack right now. You know, you would you would think that, but you know, a lot of Georgia, it's going to depend, obviously. You know, Stetson Bennett, you know, I don't think anybody's going to sit here and say he's a great quarterback, but in big moments, he did play great last year when he really needed to. Now, you know, they won the national championship, and not to take anything away from them, you know, they were aided. Alabama's receiving core was absolutely decimated the second time they played him, and then I think that that helped. That Georgia defense um, lost a lot, but they have a ton coming back still, but are they going to be able you know, to move the football with consistency? And I, I don't know if you can have that recipe with what they did last year. Um, you know, kind of a game manager, a quarterback running the football and find a way to win in you know 2022. They did it one season, but I don't know if you can continue to, to win that way. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Kirby Smart has found a methodology, but you know, when Nick Saban has gone away from it, I feel like you know it's probably not the most viable. So I, they have a ton of talent. They're going to be really good on defense. You know, offensively, will, will they be good enough? Or can that defense be as dominant as they absolutely were last year? Because that was you know, one of the game changers for them. So I, I think there is a little bit of separation maybe between the top two in Georgia. But honestly, I think the biggest drop comes probably after three because as you look around at four, like, okay, you have Clemson there, lost both coordinators. DJ wasn't very good last year. That defense is going to be really good, but the offensive line-wise, can they be better? Can they get that running game going to help, you know, DJ? And then, you know, you look at you know, five is, is Notre Dame. You know, you've got you know, A&M. You know, coming in there into Michigan, like I feel like kind of four through six, especially five through six, you could kind of almost put or five, I mean, five through like eight, four through eight, you could kind of mix up and mix and match. And I don't know if anybody would really feel that differently, you know, based upon where they'd be at. As a Big Ten guy, how how nice is it to have Kevin Warren and his leadership right now running the conference, the TV deal, which was announced? His comments about further expansion, wanting to get to 20. He's not resting on where he is uh, with, with 16. Um, and the potential to, to also go beyond that if they, if they so choose. And they, they have a guy with a vision and spreading it out uh, on the TV markets that looks very similar to what the NFL does. Yeah, it is kind of an NFL model. And that's where you know, he came from uh, before he became the Big Ten commissioner. Uh, you know, it's interesting the fact that he threw out there, you know, w- wanting to expand and they're trying to get to a number in 20 because that now gives you expectations. And so people are going to expect that to happen. So you better you better follow through. You better land the plane. And I don't think anybody's going to sit there and say he did a fantastic job managing COVID by any stretch. Um, so this would be an opportunity then, then, I think, for a little bit of redemption. You got in UCLA, USC, bringing them aboard. Did a pretty good job with the TV contract. That looks to be one of the better ones I think you could negotiate. But now you're talking about expansion. Got to get four more schools. Who are they ultimately going to be? And are they going to be the right schools? Because people are going to look at this thing with a fine-tooth comb. So will the other uh, universities part as part of the Big Ten. They're going to make sure that they get some big hitters, probably including Notre Dame. I don't know how that's going to work as they're getting their new TV deal set up. And so that's going to be really interesting as the next couple of seasons progress because you would want to think that they would try to have that locked in place by 2025 so you really have two and a half years to kind of get this thing rolling to see who you can add and what it will ultimately look like when you're a veteran in the nfl you hear a lot of the same stuff over and over and over in your position meeting room 
and and the coach to a degree I, I I've been told has to coach to the least smart guy in the room the guy who doesn't have it down yet so if you're a smart veteran and you're hearing this same install tips and all of that stuff over and over and over again how, how does it stay fresh to you what do coaches do to try to keep it fresh to you what was your experience like in this it's it's pretty interesting when you say that because yeah any education you're teaching to the least common denominator you have to make sure that everybody is getting something out of this and everybody can ultimately understand it. And so that means whoever is in the room that, you know, maybe you have the hardest time picking it up. You have to make sure you're bringing them along, especially if they're a talented player. Uh, I would say this, you know, I got some great advice from, I guess he's now a Detroit Lions defensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn. I uh, was with me in Dallas. So this is his final season, you know, loved watching Aaron growing up and he got a chance to play with him. And Greg Ellis, who was in like his eighth or ninth year with Dallas, and, you know, they're like, you get this, and, you know, you're picking up the scheme, you understand all these things. It may seem monotonous, but both of those guys, I'd watched them before practice, and they'd go out and they had this specific warm-up routine that had, you know, all these different nuance, nuances for their position about how to kind of improve your skills. You know, I asked the guys about this, you've been doing this for 8, 12, 13 years. I mean, you've got everything down. He's like, well, as you get older, your body begins to fail you. And so you need to be even better at the stuff technique wise and understanding of the game. And so those guys kind of like one theme that they kind of talked about, like pick one thing every day to get better at. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It's like it could be as simple as, you know, a step here or a hand placement there or whatever it is you're working on. And he's like, just try to get better at it and focus on that all day as you're trying to work, obviously through the scheme and, and practice and take reps, but make that kind of your primary focus here is if you do that, he goes, you'll be able to stay at the top. You'll be able to continue to improve. And he goes, it, it helps It helps avoid the monotony because you think you're a perfect player, but once you start looking at something that you need to improve upon, you realize like how precise and how exact you can ultimately be. And after watching those guys do it as long as they did at, at a high level, especially a guy like Aaron Glenn, who is a 5'7", five, 5'8", five, corner, who played you know, 13, 14 years, that's how you ultimately do it. And I think that avoids the fact that you, know, you may have the same scheme, same install, all this different stuff, but you're always going to need to improve, and there's always little areas you can touch up on. And by doing that, that on that like pulls your focus in. And when you're watching film and you're analyzing yourself, you're going to look at that with a critical eye instead of just saying, yeah, was that good or bad? Okay, it was good uh, as a whole, but could it be better? And was there one little thing I could wor- really work on? Bobby, is Scott Frost admitting that Dominic Rayola, the offensive line coach, is causing his offensive lineman to vomit 15 to 20 times per practice. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for Nebraska that this is happening? You know, it's, it's definitely a thing if it actually is <laughs> happening. I, I've, never, I've never heard of that. I mean, I watch a guy puke once or twice a season. You know, I mean, unless your guys are coming in, and he said they're in great shape, it's just they're working that hard. I don't know if that's possible. It's not like, healthy, I feel have, like, though, in any extent. Like, that that's not what you want, even if they're in well, shape or not. So, and, and one of uh, the guys, I saw this quote coming out this morning in the, the show after us was talking about it on my local show. And he goes, how many offensive linemen do you have on a, a college football team? Like, probably, you know, you'd, you'd like to probably have 12 scholarship guys, maybe 10 to 12 and you know, a handful of walk-ons, you know, maybe 16, 17 guys out of a hundred. And they're like, well, if he's 
puking 20, that means some guys are puking, puking multiple times during practice. <laughs> like, and I mean, I think like multiple sessions, like, I, I don't know how that's possible. Unless you have your guys, offensive linemen running you know, timed miles and you're just pressing them to the brink, which isn't really functionally specific for what you're trying to do. And I don't think that's making you a better offensive lineman. I don't know how you would possibly be able to get that done as a coach. So I think that might be a slight hyperbole. I hope they're working hard. I hope uh, Dominic Mariola is grinding them out there and I hope that they're getting better and all of those things. But to say that either a, your guys are in terrible shape. B you've recruited guys who are just pukers in general, which I've been around some of those guys. Like I played with a guy at Ohio state who literally threw up before every practice, every workout, every game. And I don't know if it was anxiety, if it was nerves, it's just, just what he was. Um, but they weren't a lie. Like it can't be true. Like the, the, there's those things cannot coexist all together in the same realm because the, the, I've, I mean, I guess I, there's guys who have played a lot longer than I have, but I've never seen or heard of anything like that. Bobby Carpenter uh, joins us no matter the circumstances on OutK360 each Friday. Follow him on Twitter at bcarp3. Go, uh, go drink some Pedialyte and uh, get ready for a big weekend, man. Nap it up. Oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. There's Bobby Carpenter. Hurting, but always excellent. Hurting, but uh, love having him strong. on. Damn, Kenny Chesney. You got another one. <laughs> That'll teach you. Get you every time. Chesney will get you every time. Coming up, young people are not drinking enough in Japan. And it is, it's causing uh, a lot of financial strife for the country. Details on that. Give, give them plus Kenny some other, <laughs> Plus some other we'll remedy that problem sports real quick. headlines coming up on OutKick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So Japan is promoting more drinking across the country. OutKick 360 rolls on. The legal uh, what, drinking age. The legal drinking age is twenty, but the government's been hitting the pocket because COVID nineteen restrictions um, and people changing their lifestyle. It's caused sales and thus liquor tax revenues to plummet. In the they're the third largest economy in the world. So the government has come up with a plan. Imagine this in America, Saki Viva. <laughs> overseen by the National Tax Agency, invites participants to submit ideas on how to, quote, stimulate demand among young people, unquote, for alcohol (laughs) through new services, promotional methods, products, designs, and even sales techniques using AI or the metaverse, according to the official competition website. This is the opposite of... Chad, this is right up your alley. Yeah, this is opposite of... I I should move to Tokyo. This is opposite of the More You Know campaign from NBC back in the day. We're doing that in reverse. Let's get kids on alcohol, not away from it. It's time to get them... We got to get this country interested in alcohol again. Imagine being the politician that runs on that platform. What if there's a politician who comes in and says, I really like this and I want to take it further? Let's get smoking. <laughs> what other vices can we pick up in the, this country? I'm for all of them. I mean, this is real simple, and it's, it's a, it could be a fantastic business model for, for OutKick and OutKick 360. We partner with Old Smoky Distillery and Yeehaw Brewery. Yes. Tokyo. And we head to Japan. Hit the road. You, wanna, you want uh, to entice drinking. We've got 
25 flavors of moonshine here. And it is loaded out there. You are never going to see a party like our show in Osaka coming up in 2023. (laughs) Uh, Teresa read me this last night, and we just could not fathom the idea that a country would be pushing its young people to drink as opposed to trying to get them to calm down. We're going to bring all your corn liquor to all of Japan. Is Is it sake or bus there? Like, is that all you're drinking over there? I don't know. They're really big into Sapporo. Um, like Jack Daniels, Tennessee whiskey. Oh. They're big into that. That's like a delicacy to them. Like that's a huge Where's deal if you, if you have that. We're sitting on a gold mine here then. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we, we bring the old Smoky Moonshine brand there. You can't get this there. land, though. And I mean, that's going to be we something that you, know, you could facility. probably upcharge big time over there. Send some of the butter pecan or caramel whiskey there, too. Wait, this, would, this is a huge complex of one level. We would have to go vertical there. Yes, you're not going to find a city block uh, that's ne- necessary for city such a block in Tokyo. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. I, I, I feel like, and maybe this is the problem with the film industry, but yeah. movies and television portray Japanese people as those who can't hold their liquor. Like a lot of times, they're like stumbling well, they're out of a, wrong. They're stumbling out of a bar or something, or they're, it's a karaoke. Very prominent in their culture also. There's drunken slurring. Well, how do you do karaoke without drinking? Well, heavily? singing Kenny Rogers, the gambler from you I don't know, know if you've done Tokyo. To go yeah. together, right? So karaoke might be the next thing that they need to promote. That's probably taking a hit. That's got, I mean, from a marketing perspective, more karaoke bars, more liquor sales. Scott Frost is promoting. We'll, we'll, we'll hit you with an update. Locker room health or busy. He's boasting about the throwing up that's going on in their offensive line. It's, it's bizarre. It's part of the college football headlines today. We'll do that and much more straight ahead. Hour number two next of Outkick 360.